Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the news crew and I am your host, Keith McGinty. If you'd like to be part of the crew, then you can get involved throughout through our new WhatsApp community. We've grown a place where like-minded football fanatics can discuss all the latest news. Get in touch if you'd like to be added to the Gridiron Crew WhatsApp community. Um, like, subscribe, follow the crew on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch and YouTube. And I'm looking forward to a fantastic show with lots to talk about tonight. But as always, I'm joined by some of the finest crew members to talk some ball with. First up, we've got our very own Packers fan. It's Liam. Liam, how are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Enjoying the nice sunny weather in sunny Scotland, eh? Isn't it half? As you can see from my face, I've been out in it all day, so absolutely scarlet. Um, this new TikTok light's not very much helping with it at all. <laughs> it must be all must be all sunshine and, and rosy flowers for you now that Aaron Rodgers has left the, yeah. the bay. Indeed, indeed, I know. Well, it's, it's no no expectations. It's good in some ways. I, yeah, see it what must be Jordan loving it. <laughs> the puns will keep on coming. <laughs> hey, definitely will. Definitely will. Um, we're heading to Dan next, our, our resident cowboy fan. Dan, how are you, buddy? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. I would say refreshed after a two-week holiday, but I never stopped the whole time I was off, so I'm absolutely knackered, but uh, glad to be back and back and forth. <laughs> yeah, good, good. It's good to get you. And we are also joined by a new crew member tonight, Gav. Um, Gav is joining us for the first time. Gav, welcome to the crew. Thanks, Keith. Great to be here. And for any time we get a, a new crew member or a new panel member onto the, the show, we'll have to find out a wee bit about them. So tell us a, a little about how you got into the NFL and most importantly, who your team is as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm really struggling to think whether it was first, like one of the first ever Madden games back in the, the Sega Mega Drive was my first exposure yes. to the NFL I think that's probably where it, it did start beating up on the, the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> regularly with I think, a succession of down and outs to, to Jerry Rice uh, with the, the 49ers team. Um, and then really, I think what, what kicked it off for me in terms of following the sport was uh, was actually NFL Europe or um, the, the World League as it was back yes. then. So um, obviously Scottish Claymores kicked off in 1995 and um, I Basically, from the, the second season, the, the big World Bowl uh, winning season, I've been going to the, the games ever since. So that that ran for a good uh, eight, nine years, I think, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was really the big flavour uh, for, for me. Um, and eventually, um, I, I guess like a lot of people kind of dabbled in various different NFL teams, uh, kind of like, like the Bucks for a bit, um, dabbled with the Rams briefly, and then eventually... Um, I actually got to see my first NFL game uh, in New York back in 2002. So um, that was uh, the Giants uh, against uh, the, the number one uh, seed Eagles, actually, in the week 17, um, freezing uh, Meadowlands uh, before the, the new stadium, um, which um, I guess is a great experience. So the Giants actually won that one, uh, I think, 10-7 to, to, to nab a wild card spot, although they had four touchdowns called back uh before i think jeremy shockey finally re- uh, reeled one in uh and then i kicked uh, an overtime winner um of course they then went on to blow one of the, the biggest playoff leads of all time in the, the wild card the next week against the, <laughs> the, the 49ers but i think that really kind of started uh a, 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 you know a real uh, experience and frustration um, with the, the giants but um no to be fair stuck with them the whole way um i do actually have a uh, an undefeated record whenever I've been to a Giants game and granted I think over 20 years it's something like four and oh um, or, or three actually three and a half and oh because uh, I didn't make it to Ford Field until halftime in one of the games um, but uh, yeah no, they've, I suppose even over 20 years a um, couple of Super Bowls is, is nothing to um, nothing to snort about so um, yeah it's done us pretty well yes. That, that's pretty impressive, Matt. even for a, a Scottish fan to get over to quite a few games as well. Um, you mentioned the you say started with the Claymores. Did you get to many yep. Claymore matches? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think um, 
God, I would have been in primary school when I first started going. So we'd usually go to a couple of games a year. And I think eventually uh, getting towards the tail end of high school and then, you know, getting into uni and having that student loan uh, slushing around, I uh, was getting the getting the, the full season ticket and everything that came with yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, no, it, was, it was a great day out and really missed those days. I've got to say, I look um, kind of enviously at the, the European League uh, football that's going on at the moment. I think Hamburg pulled a 32,000 crowds against Rhine Fire uh, at the wow. weekend. So I, I don't know if there's plans for a British team to come back. But yeah, certainly I'd be well up for that if uh, if it does happen. And before they moved to the, the MetLife Stadium, you mentioned they were at Meadowlands. What was that yeah, like to right. get to the, the old stadium then? The history oh, that was there? Yeah, so... Um, Really cold, <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was the, the weekend after Christmas in an open-air stadium. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it was chilly and uh, pretty basic. Um, I've actually I, I've been back to the, the, the new stadium, albeit not for, uh, not for a Giants game, but for uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania uh, in 2019. So, yeah, it's a lot better than specced up now um but yeah, yeah it was um it was quite basic at the the original stadium but yeah superb atmosphere fantastic fantastic we'll be drawing up on your your thoughts on the the giants a little bit later on but we're going to start with our kickoff question and today's kickoff question is all about the news that one of the owners uh, of an, a canadian team it's a shame we don't have stew for this a resident uh canuck um he would have been all over this question. We've got a question here that starts with, uh, which sporting franchise is in a worse state than the Albany Empire just now? Um, this follows on from, I don't know if you've seen the videos yet, of uh, Antonio Brown, who is the owner of the Albany Empire. Um, Dan, if you could tell us, what, what is the, why are they being kicked out of their league? What's the, the issues the other owners have with them? Yeah, so so they, they play in the, the National Arena League eh, and Brown bought them over. Eh, I'm not sure exactly when, but he's, as we know, he's a, a difficult character, as I, I will put it diplomatically. So watching a couple of videos earlier on, I found out that each team needs to pay a fee every year. To, the boards are on the, of the league, so every team pays an equal fee, which is like one-seventh. Eh, Brown has decided that he's not paying that fee. Eh, he, he was then fined $1,000 by the league, for his conduct during a press conference where they basically just slated the league and said, I don't care what the other owners think of me. Um, and he refused to pay that as well. So the league have just went, well, beat it then. We kicked them out of the league. <laughs> yeah, so. Perfect stuff. I love the no-nonsense attitude that they've got to him. Um, I think that's maybe what he's, he's needing. Yeah. Liam, can you think of any teams that are in a, a worse state than the Open Empire just now? I don't know. The one that springs to mind, I don't know if it's worst state yet, but um, uh, suspicious dealings, since it's topical after the win at the weekend, is um, a man city. They always seem to be in the news every 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 three months, isn't it? It seems to be they kind of pop up again of uh, against kind of what is it? What is it like the FIFA or UEFA's fair fair play rules or something like that? Yeah. Or something like that. yeah. So, just, but they always seem to dodge it. They always get their lawyers out, which they can pay, and they you know get some lawyers speak on the go, and they just seem to carry on <laughs> 114 i think is the number of charges that they've got yeah, against them in the, the, the english premier league just now still hanging over them so we'll see how that rumbles on over the the summer but of course they won the champions league last week um one but but i think what i go for listen <laughs> they threw enough money at it they got the best players thingies psg can do it they still had to, to go and and win it on the on the field Aye, that, that's what an integrity is way out the window there. Uh, what do you think of it, Gav? Can you think of any other teams that are in a worse state uh, just now? I think you'd probably struggle to argue with uh, with a, a team getting thrown straight out there, the league at the moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, Man, Man City, yeah, those charges are there, but they're also cuddling a treble at the moment. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't be arguing too much about it at the moment. No, um, you know, really, really struggling to, to, to think about it at the, at the moment, but I'm sure there's controversy, wouldn't be far away. What about yourself, Dan? 
Yeah, there was one that when we were talking about this before coming here that I completely forgot all about. Is the Arizona Coyotes? They are an absolute shambles at the moment. Nobody wants them. That is the, the, the owners are don't they a want team them. without a league. No, they're in the league, but the owners don't want them. The city doesn't want them. They're talking about moving. They're trying, get, they're trying to move, but um, yeah, nobody seems to want them. That, that is the issue. I was talking about them moving across different cities, but they can't seem to find some way to go. So yeah, the owners want to sell them. Nobody wants to buy them. The city doesn't want them. So they're trying to move and no other, they can't get a move. So there must be something about the great state of Arizona. <laughs> Hockey in the, the desert. Cam- <laughs> the cameras are not good nick either at the moment. Who'd have thought all that aircon in the, the middle of the desert would, uh, wouldn't pay off? Must be cautioning them an absolute fortune. We'd be the ideal solution for any teams in Arizona, haven't we? Move them to Mexico. That's the cruise stock answer. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure it will happen in the next couple of years anyway. Um, that's fine. It could be a kick-off question for us. Let's get into the actual news then, because there's been a couple of big stories, some big non-stories really, over the, the past week in the NFL. Um, we had Stefan Diggs did not uh, turn up to... Now, was this the compulsory training that we had uh, in the past camp, week? Wasn't it? The mini camps, yeah. So, Liam, if you'd like to tell us, explain to us what happened there with Stefan. It was a bit, well, yeah, from what I've read, it was a bit, a bit weird because it, it was at McDermott just came out in a press conference and Diggs wasn't there and he came out and said he was very concerned. And that was about yeah. all he kind of alluded to. And then, was it suddenly Diggs's um, agent or something like that came out and said, no, no, he's, he's there, he's fine. And it was like, this is like two minutes later. It was all very weird. And then, <laughs> It's, don't know. There's obviously something going on, rumbling in the background, and but then, but then apparently now suddenly they're all, all okay. He was ex, well, excused and and he's yeah. back. I was back on Wednesday, I think. So but it's just. I think they had a, a team meeting as well with the um, McVeigh and all the 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 GM and Stefan yeah. and like, the representatives yeah. as well. Like fair just enough, if you've got like personal video. things going on, that's fair enough. But it's just weird that the, his, his coach came out and was like concerned it was just the way he phrased it like for an NFL coach to come out they, they know how to kind of be politicians and, yes. and you know um, and not to uh, not give anything away and it was just a bit, a bit odd it really did sound like it was a if you see this man please uh, get in touch <laughs> yeah. we're, we're worried about his welfare and where he could be at this moment in time um Dan last time we saw Stefan Diggs of course was the the playoff match um where the Bills were defeated and it was uh it was it was not shy of retiring about uh, letting uh, Josh Allen know his feelings about the game and how it went. Do you think this is him trying to work his ticket? It's a hard one because you don't you don't obviously don't know what's going on in the background. Obviously, McDermott's came out and said he was excused to give him some space, but is that space from personal reasons? Is that space? Is there any issues between him and the team? Yeah, well, I say that McDermott has now clarified his what he basically said was he was concerned. Because he's concerned about any player misses practices, how he's worded it. Uh, but it seems a bit of a backtrack, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But he has come out and said that he gave him permission to leave the facility. So if head coach is saying that, then like you say, they're very good politicians. So he's obviously either he has and he's just completely forgot, or yeah, he's a uh, he's just trying to smooth everything over. But there's been a bit of chat all off season about Diggs about is he going to stay? Does he want to move? Um, yeah, I mean. Where, where do you go from the Bills is a thing I mean if you're chasing Super Bowls and rings the Bills is a good place to be you're, you're not going to get a better landing spot you'll get more money but yeah what, what the Bills going to ask for him what are people going to pay I think he's uh, I think he's better just staying where he is maybe he's absolutely raging that Josh Allen got in the front cover of Madden and <laughs> it wasn't him well as we know from Antonio <laughs> Brown you don't want to be in the front cover of Madden <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I think, that, you know, you've got to remember that this is the, the silly season. I mean, obviously, NFL's got the longer off season than any other sport. And, you know, we've you know drained all the, you know, all, all the juice out that the draft and the build up to that free agencies calmed down. Now we've got a couple of really tough months to, to fill with with stories. So, I mean, may, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. But I think, as Dan says, you know, you've got a, a bill's as a franchise, something that's always there or thereabouts as a playoff contender. And yeah. 
you know, will we ever know the real story? Maybe not. Um, I think we've got to think about, you know, what, what is it that people want to, to get out of this at the end of the day? You know, if the Bills want to keep Diggs and, and Diggs wants to stay, then, yeah, I, I think this will all get smoothed over. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, there's not many places that'd be better um, moving to than what he's got at the moment. Seems to he's the, the main man there when it comes to receivers from Josh Allen. It seems the team is set up to for him to be one of the powerhouses again. Yeah, he is getting a wee bit older. Um, not sure that is to be looking to move on from just yet, but you would think if they were to to get a trade for him, they would get uh, some amount of capital for him if he was to, to go. Dan, can you see him uh, linking up with his brother in, um, in Dallas? I mean, Trayvon keeps talking about it. He keeps tweeting out and trying to get his brother to go and play. But um, <laughs> I, that would have been, there was a it shows you in the off season they were back home together. But can you imagine yes. that? Can you imagine that battle in the backyard football with two of them? <sighs> you think obviously Stefan's obviously older, so he when they're playing the backyard, he obviously became the wide receiver, and Trayvon had to be the D, the B, DB because he was the younger brother. Doing it just shows you how these things work in families. <laughs> Um, some Pat Gardner they've got as well. It was uh, I saw the the videos of that. It looked absolutely tremendous. Ah, it was brilliant. But as you say, Liam, this is just the silly season, though, isn't it? We've got fifty days until preseason starts, and I think we're at twelve weeks um, until the beginning of yeah, twelve weeks uh, exactly until the the kickoff between the uh, Chiefs and the Lions. On the 8th of September, it is for us in UK time at 20 past 1 in the morning. I'm looking forward to it. We've, we've still got a long way to go um, until we, we see some actual real football again. I'm just impressed. It's just... I'm just impressed it's 12 weeks already. That's, that's, that's a, a, good, a good number. <laughs> it, seems, it seems on the horizon already. Yeah, it's not 12 weeks, it's 12 news crews, are we? <laughs> that's the one. Is that 12 weeks to Red Zone then? Is that what we're talking about, really? really? So... Oh, oh. <laughs> music to my oh, ears. Um, just silly season now, though, isn't it? They're really picking in every little minor detail that, that, that seems to be happening and, and going with it. But something we should also think about is that, as you mentioned there, I alluded to a wee bit earlier, players are actual people as well. They've got their own lives, and um, real life sometimes gets in the way of what you're, you're trying to do for your uh, as their, their work, their job. Um, sometimes you've got to give them a wee bit of slack, a wee bit of uh, privacy as well. Um, just to, to live their lives and sort out the any issues that they might be having as well without trying to get every single detail out of them. Um, other news this week that we have, we have Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook cut by the Vikes. Um, Gav, where do you see um, affectionately known within the, the Gridiron crew as Falkenhoof? Where do you see Dalvin Cook uh, landing once he, now that he's left it? The Vikes in Minnesota. Well, I think um, running backs really uh, interesting position. I, I, I was thinking ahead to um, the, the Saquon story that we're talking about later mm-hmm. on. Um, it's it's something that we've got veteran running backs. Um, the most successful teams tend not to spend at the position. Um, I mean, if you look yeah. at the, uh, the kind of rankings of, of cap spends, you know, both the Super Bowl teams. Uh, the Chiefs and the, the Eagles way deep deep down in that list. So, um, you know, I, I think that there will always be a, a team that has a need at the position, but are they going to, you know, who's actually going to be willing to spend the money is is the big question. Um, and we said, mentioned before, players, players are people and, you know, they want to get paid, but um, yeah, running backs are position, especially with that kind of reduced durability you know we've seen with a, a number of players um in the past you know they tend once they tend to move on from that, that first big contract there's quite a, a marked decline for most of them that's a, the thing we're coming to a, a, a time just now where players like josh jacobs um eckler derrick henry dalvin cook saquon barkley are all looking to to get paid and teams are as you said reluctant to do so um it always seems to be the one of the big things that you can do, and we saw the the draft this year. 
is that there's always some fresh, new, young talent that's going to come in mm-hmm. that's not taking the pounding over the past couple of years. And unless you're a, a generational talent like King Henry, then you're going to really, really struggle to, to get another landing spot. Um, Pacheco took the role from, who was the Chiefs running back? CH. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where and if he'll manage to, to get there. Maybe he'll end up in Albany. You never know. <laughs> um, Dan, can you see a possible landing spot for Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I was I was watching you before we came on. I was watching the Mike Florio and, and Chris Sims talking about it. And they're going back to talk about money. What they're saying is you can't blame somebody at, at his stage of going for the money. But yeah. rather than going, basically what Mike Florio was saying, rather than going for that one year to 12 million, if he lowers his expectations about it, he may get two years at 8 million. So he's only end up making more money out of it, um, yeah. which is a very good way to look at it. I mean, looking, I was looking before I came on here, the three teams that seem to be really they're leading in the betting for him is the Dolphins are massive favourites for him. Well, that's kind of recently be with Al. But looking at their depth chart, they've got Raheem Mostert as a number one running back at the moment. So he could fit well in there. But if he goes in there, that's a frightening offensive they've then got. Um, another place was the Broncos was mentioned um, because the Broncos GM now is the Vikings assistant GM when they, when they drafted Cook. So I think mm-hmm. there's another something there. But Mike Florida was saying Sean Payton doesn't like to spend big on one running back, he likes to have a couple, so they're saying, are they going to then pay him the money? Uh, and also, um, as always with any t- uh, player that's a veteran that's looking for a squad, the Cowboys are always mentioned as well. Um, so, him, Pollard and Deuce Vaughan would be some some trio in the backfield. Would um, not half, it would not half. The, the, of course, they are trying to do Replace Zeke. Do you see Zeke getting um, back in at Dallas, or is it time for him to move on? Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting, that's another interesting point that they made. They're talking about now teams with because obviously you've got Hopkins, Zeke, uh, now Cook that are not getting picked up instantly. And years gone by, something like that become available. They've been offered a deal straight away, and they've been picked up straight away. But now teams are basically letting them wait and make their value drop a wee bit. So yeah, yeah. I think Zeke's a classic example. I think he was expecting maybe to pick up a decent offered very quickly and nothing's materialised. So teams now seem to be letting them wait and letting their value drop a wee bit. Um, which is potentially what has happened. Was he, would, was he going to come back to the Cowboys? Um, I don't know. We would get him back on minimal money, which would obviously be yeah. good. But for me, watching him, especially last year, doesn't matter how much you pay him, his, his production's gone. He's, he's not going to give you what you need. Um so, Pollard really came into his own last year, didn't he? Zeke would really just uh, get it over the line. Yeah, he became great for fantasy, but, um, but for, for the actual the games, he wasn't really doing anything that Pollard couldn't do. No, he became a third down back. The only, the only thing is, Pollard can't take the physical beatings that Zeke took. So, Pollard yeah. was quick and he get through the holes and get out wide. He's not a mid through the middle runner, which is mm-hmm. where Cook would fit in for us, I think, because Bruce Vaughn definitely isn't that either. So we have that need for a third back. Mike Davis, he hasn't done enough to know if he's going to be that back. But I still feel we need a power back for your, your third and ones, your third and twos, uh, your goal line situations. I don't think we've got that at the moment. But uh, Zeke, I think if we get to the point where there's nobody else available, potentially, but I don't like the idea of it. We're all forgetting about playoff Lenny. He's out there too. Uh, he's still floating about as well. <laughs> So I know you say is Keith, there's a, there's a there's a generation of running backs now that I was at around about a similar age of growing up watching that are now starting yeah. to get to the end of their careers now. You're like, well, and it's the first kind of generational shift that we've kind of seen in a, in a while in terms of running backs. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens with these guys over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, for so oh, sorry, I'm I... just going to say, are you happy with uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon just now? You think you need a wee bit more help up there? No, well, at the moment, I think, yeah, Jones, he, re- he reworked his contract this year. So, how he's, he was close chat of him getting like cut, he's getting to that age, what is he, 20, 29, I think, as well. But he kind of reworked his deal. And Dillon, Dillon kind of disappointed last season. So, I suppose he's kind of in a contract year. I think he's going into his 
is his, what his fourth year. You know, so he's coming up to his if he's going to get an extension or not. So, yeah, I suppose he might end up. You know, that always spurs him on a bit. So we'll see. But yeah, I think at the moment I'm quite happy. I don't think I don't see the Packers doing anything. I, I don't, we won't pick up anyone like Zeke or anything like that. No. So. Uh, I mean, facetiously, and maybe throughout the, the Jets, they have a, a, a tendency historically to, uh, to recruit he's, the, the veteran he's, RBs. He's not, he's not a Packer, though, so he's not, not going to take him. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, they've had, um, who've they had? They've had uh, Tomlinson and Chris Johnson, both, both past their prime. Uh, but I guess uh, uh, with uh, all recruiting decisions now, we'll probably need to run it past Aaron and see what he thinks first. Was it just the Bears that Aaron owned, or did they have a, a stake in the, the Vikes as well? <laughs> you know, they, might, they might take them with them to, uh, to New York, New Jersey, then, uh, actually. Um, the other bit of news that we had this week, um, Saquon, wants, uh, Saquon Barkley has not yet signed his franchise tag. Um, Gav, you're, our, uh, you're one of our resident um, Giants fans now. Tell us a wee bit about this. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I've got to say, I, um, I, I mean, when Saquon came into the league, you know, I, I know a lot of people thought that, um, you know, drafting a running back number two overall was a bit of a reach. Um, yeah. Actually, if we look at some of the quarterbacks that were in that draft uh, and how they, uh, how they, they panned out, um, Josh Allen aside, um, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, where, where's he now? Um, I think actually, you know, at the time, it probably wasn't a bad decision. And, uh, you know, then he reels off a 68-yard touchdown in his debut and um, really produces a highlight reel through the uh, his rookie season, obviously wins um, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think things are looking rosy. Um, yeah. The problem is that since then, it's really been durability. Um, I think um, the Giants have started to, to get themselves together in terms of the roster and um, certainly... Saquon was a big part of you know that that run uh, into the playoffs last year, um, but I've got to say as much as um, I, I do have a lot of love for Saquon, um, I've got to say that um, such a huge part of the, the Giants' success has actually been the the, the GM uh, Joe Chun, and um, I, I think that um, you know he's been very smart with the the big um, contract decisions uh, in this off season. I think that the two year deal. Uh, for Daniel, Daniel Jones is absolutely the, the right play um, mm -hmm. after not initially giving them the, the, the renewed, taking the fifth year option. Um, I, and I think with Saquon, it's really similar. You know, we've got a guy that's got tremendous potential. Um, but as we said already, you know, the, the most successful team in the leagues are not given the big money uh, and certainly not big long-term money, these sort of, uh, second contracts um, to, to running backs. Um, yes. So I, I completely see both positions here. I, mean, I think Saquon, you know, he's he's wanting a second contract. He, he wants to see where he can make the money. Um, but you know, I think if the, the Giants are being smart about it, and, and I think they are, then um, absolutely he's a player that can, you know, if he stays healthy, can be a real difference maker. But it's so important not to, to overpay. Uh, and you know, when he's had two two seasons. Like the, the last four that have really been disrupted by injury. Um, yeah. I think there's just some big question marks there. Uh, and yeah, it's just about making the, the right offer. The crew's other um, Giants fan, Murdo, um, he was loving having Saquon back last year. Um, massive fan of Saquon Barkley himself. And uh, I think we all doubted him last year. And we were wondering if he was going to come back, if he was going to be the player or show signs of the player that he was um, when he first burst onto the scene. And he, he certainly did that last year. You mentioned the, the draft class that year. Um, obviously, control yourself with Saquon Barkley after missing out in Baker Mayfield with the, the number num <laughs> number one pick going to the Browns. But other running backs that you could have had that went in the first round, uh, you had Rashad Penny, of course, uh, legend at the Seahawks, uh, and Lamar Jackson. Who went to the uh, went to Baltimore? Of course, that was the two running backs that you could have got in the first round. Um, I, I think Saquon. I think he is going to stay. I think just a wee bit of gamesmanship, a wee bit of playing there, just to to try and entice the the team to 
kind of make the, the deal for him. What do you think, Dan? It's the best place for him just now. The Giants seem to be on the up. Um, I think this is a, a good spot for him to stay at. Yeah, going back to what we just said about running backs, like if he doesn't stay, where's he going to go? Is he going to get a better offer than the Giants have gotten? I was reading uh, the rap sheet apparently said yesterday that the Giants had put the same offer back on the table. But he kind of backtracked <laughs> on that today and said, no, the offer's not on the table, but they are talking again. So the Giants have obviously pulled the offer that they originally gave him. Well, he's, he's rejected it. So where they're at at the moment, nobody knows. They're, they're talking is all that's been said. I mean, so yeah, but we've, we've a good chat about running backs tonight. And it's like if he does leave, is he going to get as good offers the Giants are going to give him? Yeah, that's I would, I would sit if I was him. That's that's some bit of gamesmanship actually getting the crumpled up bit of paper out the bin, <laughs> smoothing it out, <laughs> just sliding it across the table, going, huh, 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 and. Other wee bit of news then that we've got for this week is uh, Jacksonville. We mentioned this last week with the, the incredible design for their new stadium that's been built. And I think there's about four or five options for them to relocate to whilst this uh, new waterfront uh, downtown Jacksonville stadium is uh, is being built. Gav, I'll come to you for this one. Do you get any information on this that you can, you can share with us about uh, some of the options for the, the Jags? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's quite a few, and I suppose um, most of the, the obvious ones, there was uh, quite a good uh, article that CBS Sports uh, did in the, the options, and um, far and away the, the favourite uh, from, from their perspective was the, the Daytona racetrack, which I've got to say, mm. the, the idea uh, as a I guess as a European fan of uh, your NFL games being played at a racing circuit seems kind of uh, bizarre and a, a little bit different. But I think for a, a lot of the petrol heads in the States, um, particularly for the road fans, that could be quite uh, attractive as a, a road trip. Um, yes. And also, crucially, it's one of the closest. Um, so it's, I think, about 60 miles from, from Jacksonville, so maybe about an hour's trip. But it's got the infrastructure to, to bring in the, the fans, you know, all the, the parking and everything you need for, for game day and, and tailgating. Um, and I guess that, that's got to be one of the key considerations here is if you've if you're going through this renovation and um, you've got a stadium that's going to take, you know, you're going to be away from your home stadium for two years, you don't really want to upset your fan base. I think there's been a lot of question marks about the future of the, the Jacksonville franchise. Obviously, a lot of talk about, you know, would they permanently relocate to London? Certainly, that doesn't look like the long term for the Jaggers, at least. Um, so I think that obviously you want to do everything you need to do to, to keep your fans happy. And, um, Daytona seems to be the, the favourite option by, by some way. Um, but there are other options in Florida that um, have been um, considered. And the, the one that really jumped out to me is Orlando. So um, obviously there's, a, I guess, a couple of things that would go in its favor. They've majorly renovated the, the stadium. I think it was at one point the Citrus Bowl, now the Camping World Stadium, uh, I think is the name. Um, and that's uh, played host to a couple of Pro Bowls uh, in recent years, got the 75,000 capacity. Again, it's a tourist destination. So, I, you know, certainly from the the road fans' perspective, could be quite uh, attractive. And then you obviously get international tourists. It's a good uh, opportunity to pull them in uh, and go see a, a, an NFL game. Um, and you do wonder if the NFL is just maybe a little bit curious about that market. Um, because I, I guess, you know, with all these factors in, in play, it's maybe something that this gives an op them an opportunity to, to test the water there. Do yeah. we play a game or two in, in Orlando, see if, if people take to that, um, you know, for a, a proper regular season game rather than the, the Pro Bowl um, as an attraction. Um, but then, of course, as the wild card, there's the London factor. Um, so Jacksonville, um, up to this point, is committed to playing two games a year in London, um, I don't think there's any serious suggestion that they would uh, relocate and play all eight or nine home games uh, in London, but certainly yeah. there is serious talk that they do go to, to three consecutive home games in London uh, and perhaps split. So I, I think um, th there's a lot of different things in, in play. I, 
I, I still think that you know this Daytona option it seems to be the you know closest to home. You, you can't really rock the boat with the fan base. You've got to try and keep them happy so that they're going to come back when you go into this shiny new billion dollar stadium. Um, yeah. But as I say, it does it does make me wonder if they are going to dabble around the edges, maybe mix it up with a couple of additional venues uh, as part of that. It'll be really interesting to to see um, because. The other thing we've got to bear in mind is the NFL hasn't added a franchise to the league uh, since the Texans 21 years ago. Um, so you might say they're overdue for an expansion. Um, and this is a, it's an opportunity to test the waters. If they've moved up to the, the three matches in, in London, it's just like getting a wee timeshare abroad, isn't it? You think they've got a wee holiday home? It's an expensive, health, an expensive place to get a, a, a a flat to go to, um, just that a wee bit abroad, getting sick of all that sunshine, go and see some grey skies for a change. Liam, do you think um, do you think the league's using the Jags um, to, as they say, taste the water about introducing a couple of new franchise teams, maybe London, um, somewhere in Germany, maybe even somewhere in Japan as well, some of the places we mentioned last week? Yeah, well, I think, you think? I think as Gav alluded to, I think it would, it's like a perfect perfect opportunity for them to, like, as you say, have a wee extended, a wee extended stint in London, you know, mm-hmm. for a few home games together. Mainly be wherever they pick in Florida, is it Daytona or, or I think Orlando might be a good shot as well to test the waters, really, you know, without any, if it, if it doesn't work, they're going to go back to Jacksonville, it's fine, just carry on, you know, it's not really, it's no skin off the NFL's nose really in the end, so... Yeah. The same with London, really kind of push the water out to see if it's they're going to get the fans, you know, three, three, four weeks in a row all the time. See if they've got the crowd still there, and then and then they know where they where they kind of stand a bit further. I think with with the option of the the London franchise that they keep talking about, they kind of rumours of every so often. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it's a no brainer in some ways for the NFL. F- and Jacksonville owner seems open to always seems open to. To, to bringing them over, so he's never not shy about that. So, absolutely. Um, I love how uh, Gav was saying it's the, the closest. Um, going to Daytona would be the closest for the the fans. It's um ninety miles away, uh, an hour and a half drive for them. But uh, Orlando, that's only the hundred and fifty miles away. That's um just over the the two hours to get there. Nice journeys there in the the Floridian sun. I'm sure they would uh, <laughs> love that. What do you think, Dan? Where, where do you see the, the Jags and Trevor Lawrence strutting their stuff while this new stadium's getting built? Yeah, I read the article Gav was, uh, was alluding to, and one of the things, there was another two which I'll, I'll quickly rule out that was mentioned. So one of them was staying in Jacksonville. The issue mm-hmm. they've got there is only, there's only a 10,000-seater stadium or 12,000-seater stadium, and they've estimated to get them up to NFL standard would cost them $175 million. So they're definitely yeah. not going to do that. The other option was a Florida Gator Stadium in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. But the issue they've got with that is it's an 80,000-seater stadium. And they're not going to fill that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, those two, I think, can be ruled out from that article. Um, London, three games in London, I think, is probably a very good possibility. Um, the guys make very good points about Orlando. Orlando is a ready-made stadium. But the issue you've got, and I think this is the issue with London as well, but moving franchises, you've already got, what, three... Four, three, four Florida teams at the moment. If you put a new team into Orlando, where's the fan base going to come from? Because you're not going to get people already living in Florida changing their team. It'll just, just be Disney. Disney, Disney. <laughs> <fan base. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the big one is, uh, I mean, obviously, I think with in terms of the history, of course, you've got the Dolphins down in South Florida, but um, just in terms of distance, I mean, Tampa's about an hour up the road. From Orlando mm-hmm. as well, and I, I don't think you know they, they they're really selling out all their games the the Buccaneers. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think sort of the saturation of the the market in Florida would be one of the the concerns for the NFL. Yeah, and I think I think the same. I think the same thing will happen with London as well. I think that's maybe. I think if Tony Khan, Chad Khan, sorry, his dad had bought Wembley, I think that would have been a no-brainer. I think they would have moved if that if that purchase had went through. I think the Jags have already been in London. Um, but again, it's, you get the same issue. I'm not going to start following a London team just because they're in the UK. It's not, it's going, not going to make me switch allegiance. So I think um, if you're going to do expansion teams, you're going to have to pick your market very carefully. Um, 
And I don't think Orlando would be high on the list of places I think they will open a team just because they have got a ready-made stadium. But go back to the Jags, I think Daytona makes the most sense in terms of the move. But Orlando would also make sense in terms of the fact that the stadium is ready-made. It could go tomorrow, really, if it wanted to. If they were to move to, to London, you mentioned that you wouldn't just automatically support them because they're a, a British-based team. Um, I'm the same. I would need to switch allegiance for that. But I think what it would do is they would draw in quite a lot of international fans to each game, just like they do just now for the, the game to get over here. People would want to go and see any NFL that they could. So I don't think they would have to worry about selling out season tickets for it for fans of specifically for the Jags or whichever yeah. London team it was that was to, to take over. Um, oh, there, yeah. I think you'd still get the, it'd be the kind of kind of like the EPL teams have become just now, like yeah. tourist teams where you'll get people from all over the world that'll go just to see uh, a bit of football at that stadium and yeah. uh, I think No, no, fine. I think the only issue we'd have is how long does that last for? Because your EPL teams have became tourist leagues, but they have got their hardcore fan base that are going every week anyway. Yes. How long does that tourist fan base last for a franchise? You need it to last however many years for it to be a success. And I, and I think that's that would be a major concern is maybe at some point the novelty will wear off. Yeah. Um, and I, it might not be for a long time, it might take a while, but I just I just don't think it's feasible from a fan base point of view to have a team. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would maybe challenge that because I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that you are, you know, whenever you watch these international series games at Wembley, one of the things that they, they love to, to shout about is that you see, like, all 32 teams represented in the, the crowd, even if it's the, the Falcons playing the, the Lions or the Giants against the Packers. Everyone goes to these games because it's the, the opportunity for British fans to, to get access to some live NFL action, uh, you know, in their neck of the woods. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. always going to draw people in. Um, and I think to, to that point, you're right, in terms of having a, a hardcore fan base, um, that's definitely not going to happen overnight. Um, but, you know, in the NFL money talks and uh, the, the attendance um, stats for these games speak for themselves. Um, I mean, Wembley, I think its NFL capacity is around about 84,000 and it's had no problem selling these seats. Obviously, the Spurs Stadium is maybe closer to, to 60k. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's no problem at all shifting the, the tickets. And I think, you know, from an NFL standpoint, if they're filling that ground, not, not just the tickets, but if they're selling the, the boxes, um, I, I don't know if they're going to be concerned about, you know, what jerseys the, the fans are, are, are buying. Um, I, I guess the the one thing that's interesting compared, if you compare London to some of the other options in Europe, um, where obviously they played fewer games, but um, they don't really have that enduring brand. Um, of yeah. course, there was the Monarchs uh, for a time, but they really sort of um, dissolved in the, the late 90s. Um, whereas if you look at the German leagues, um, you know, mentioned the, the LF again, um, you know, Frankfurt Galaxy, Rheinfire, Hamburg Sea Devils, those names, you know, even like 10, 15 years on from NFL Europe, they do still carry some weight and fans are gravitating yeah. back to those teams. Um, and I think that's really interesting that if the plan is for the NFL to establish a, a league in or a division in Europe, I think it will actually be Germany where you see that the fan bases develop more quickly. London is going to be a longer play and it might be that it is your, your prawn sandwich tourist brigade that, that comes along to yeah. that. But... Um, like I say, wh whether it is that you're getting the, the hardcore fan base or the, the tourists, I, I don't think the NFL cares. Excellent discussion, guys. Uh, maybe something we'll put out to our Twitter followers is to, to see if that would be something that would interest them if uh, a London team was established, whether they would see themselves becoming a fan of that team, maybe and maybe their second team uh, as well. It'd be quite interesting to see. Um, 
We are going to move to you, Dan, now for the next two features. We've got your Dan's third and top ten. Yep. And I'll give it over to you. Okay, so we, we tried this a few weeks ago and it, it was quite successful. So this week's one I made, I made that a wee bit easier than the last one that I've done, but it might, might seem a little easier. So this week's top 10 is excluding um, expansion teams because when you hear the question, they're irrelevant. So the top 10 NFL teams that have made the most playoff appearances as a team, that is your top Ooh. 10. Give me your answers. You've got two minutes. It's a two-minute drill. <laughs> Put the timer up. Um, I'll start us off then, right? So I'll go for the uh, Chicago Bears. No. I'll be I'll be a home a home kid. Packers. Joint first, the thirty-five appearances. I will go Pittsburgh Steelers. Joint second with thirty-three appearances. Hmm. 49ers. Uh, yes, sneaking in at 10th with 29. Uh, surely the Patriots have to be there now. Oh, somebody's went there straight away. <laughs> straight away. No, they actually aren't because most of their what? appearances have been recently. They, they do just miss out. They're, they've got 28. So they do just miss out. Keith, back to you. Uh, I'll go for the Cowboys. Yeah, joint first, 35 with the Packers. <laughs> Gav? Let's say the... Let's go for the Dolphins. Uh, no. Liam? Giants? Giants, yep. Joint second with 33. Raiders? No. No, no Raiders. So just to cut in, so we've got two teams that have got 31 and we have another three on 29. Uh, so. We'll just start hitting out with some then, right? I'm going to go for the Washington no. football team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chiefs. No. Vikes. That's an easy one. Sorry. The Vikes. Yes, 31. Joint third. The Rams, yeah, joint with the Vikings. Three to get, and all three of them have got twenty-nine appearances. One of them might actually. Bills, no, no. Uh, Interesting. Um, Colts, yes. Good shout. Oh no. The Browns. Yes. Uh, that was the one that I thought would be a surprise. One left. The Titans slash Oilers. No. <laughs> uh, this is this week it's murky with no, the, the franchise history. The, the current city, current, has, current got, city. It has all of them. But it has all so example the Rams have got all the playoff appearances no matter what city they're in. Right, got oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Robert Lines. Straight cut. There's no worry about where they've been before, by the way. Uh, what about the Lions then? Detroit Lions? No. What about, do the Jets sneak in? No. Nope. Nah. We're there. We must have through everybody. <laughs> I know. Eagles. Have yes. you said Eagles? Eagles? Oh, we haven't said Eagles. Oh, yeah. That is a top 10. A couple of notables to mention just because of crew members. So we mentioned the Patriots. And then I thought they were. I thought somebody would have went for them. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs on 25, Seahawks yep. on 20, Bengals on 16. That's kind of where we're at. And just for a bonus point, can anybody name who the the, the least amount of player appearances from a non-expansion team? They've been mentioned on this pod already. Uh, the Bears? I've got a double fire at the moment. <laughs> Oh, the Cardinals. Cardinals have only had 11 playoff appearances, despite being one of the two original founders of the league. That's, that's, that's quite, um, 
quite bad. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Arizona is not a good place for sports. Second <laughs> <laughs> box actually surprised me. It's the Bucks. The Bucks have only got 13 playoff appearances. Uh, but the, the Bucks have always, uh, yeah, I suppose up until they get rid of the, 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 the dark orange shirts you know the, the box were always a bit of a joke franchise yeah. that doesn't surprise me yeah. the, the other one that was interesting as i guess is the lions because you had the um the the curse of bobby lane uh quite famously oh, yeah. i think they they won like three championships in five years and then he said that you know when they didn't renew his contract that uh they would never win a playoff game for 50 years something like that <laughs> right, right right enough i mean they, they had wild cards but they, they never won a game yeah the wow. season. Crazy. Ah, interesting. Uh, guys, we're going to start to wrap it up now, but before we do, we are going to you, Dan, again, for our statistic of the week. Yeah, so today's statistic of the week is about a statistic, I'm going to give us a quick question. I'll give you one chance to answer it. So, Brett Favre, on his NFL debut, completed his first pass to who? To who? I think I'm going to go for the, the opposition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. I yeah. don't. I've got a mental blank. Um, God, himself. Do it, yeah, do, a, do a Mariota. Yeah, a Mariota. <laughs> it, it was himself. <laughs> <laughs> His first pass as an NFL player was thrown off a Tampa Bay player's helmet, which he then caught himself for a loss of seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, love it. Great start. Um, Great start. Just when you you mentioned Mariota there, I can't believe we forgot to mention the new Netflix documentary. Oh, yes. um, quarterback that is due to come out. We will keep that, though, for next week. We'll have a... No doubt there'll be some more um, teaser trailers releasing the, the week to come, but very much looking forward to, to seeing that, which is released on the, the 12th of July. Right. We'll give us something to watch at least there, Dan. Dan, thank you very much for tonight, mate. It's been great to have you back. Pleasure as always. Liam, wonderful to hear from you again, my friend. No, Dato, as I'm saying, always a pleasure. Always good to chat football. And Gav, a, t- a terrific debut. Um, not like Brett Favre. As they said on the <laughs> <laughs> on the chase, uh, terrific debut, buddy. Hopefully, get you back on soon. Awesome! Thanks so much for having us, guys. Have a great Thanks night. Thanks very much. If you have enjoyed listening to the the Gridiron Crew this evening, you please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow the crew on Twitter at Gridiron Crew or one word on Instagram Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. Iron is spelled I R N. And crew is CRU. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get you involved, get some questions in, and we will be back next week. But look out for some more information popping up on our Twitter feed, and hopefully, we'll get some of those much promised um, future podcasts out to you soon. Um, We have 12 weeks until the start of the season. It might seem like a long way away, but don't worry, the crew will get you through. Thanks for listening.